You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. I was talking with a client that she trains twice a week with me about her partner starting to work with a personal trainer. Now, I wasn't necessarily pitching myself, but we discussed how important it was to train and how motivating that it is to work with a trainer and how a structured and regular exercise program can be incredibly beneficial. Now, she sits a lot during the day for work, understand, so let's find her a trainer. Well, then there was a, well, she's in pretty good shape. Now, that's really good. I'm happy to hear it, but let's get her a trainer. Well, she does a little bit on her own. Good. I love to hear when people are doing things on their own, but also now let's get her a trainer. Well, she doesn't really need to lose weight. I'm so happy to hear that she didn't need to lose weight. Now let's get her a trainer. And I'm happy to say that she ended up finding her a trainer. She's got a trainer now. And I'm thinking about this and I'm wondering, like, what was the resistance for getting a trainer? Because, because she trains with me two days a week. Can we not get somebody else in the household to start training also? So I like to figure out, like, what are some of the resistances that are keeping people from hiring a personal trainer? And it's once we can identify what that resistance or what those objections are, that we can start figuring out how to, one, overcome those objections. And overcome sounds can, can sound tricky at times, like, I am trying to beat you or win at this. And, and that's not it. Sometimes, to be honest, it's just not in the cards. Not everybody's going to get a personal trainer. So what can I do? I can just be there and be at the gym and be a good person and provide a little bit of feedback if they need it. I'm not giving away personal training, but I can be there and be present and just let them know, like, hey, I'm a good person. And if you got questions, you can ask me. And eventually, if you want to train, then you can ask me also. So it's laying down the groundwork for that. In fact, there's an example of this laying down the groundwork where there were people that started training at the the gyms that I have in, in New York and my business partner, Mark. And Mark was like, I remember I talked to that person two years ago. And they're here now. They just came in and started training here. And for me, that was such an incredible testament because we've got people that are starting to train at our facility that we reached out to two years ago. Like that was a big deal. Why? Because this is not always a short game and people and usually companies and corporations play the short game. Sell now, sell quick, sell, sell, sell. And a lot of times that can lack the longevity of long-term training. It's a quick sell of a five-pack or a three-pack or get them in for one. Uh, and then a lot of times it's one and done. So we have a part that we can do as personal trainers in this. Now, for those of you who are independent trainers versus those that are working at corporate gyms, these may not align exactly. But we will have this discussion. And I think you could probably figure out where you can fit in no matter where you are and what your employment looks like. So let's talk about the first objection. And the first objection is cost. Uh, I got to be honest, like this is a big one. In, and it's big because of a couple of things. One, 
I am going to give you money in order to receive an outcome, and I'm not as concerned that I'm giving you money as I am concerned that I will not get the outcome, right? So that is less about cost and more about value. And when I say that, I'm talking about value because it's defined as something that's worthwhile, that's of importance, that has utility or usefulness in our lives. And a lot of times they're looking at it. We're looking at it as a great, I can give you a good workout. They're looking at it as, am I reaching my results? Am I hitting goals? And so if you are just giving a good workout, but not necessarily hitting goals, then you may not be doing your part. You might be doing your part. And that might come down to just managing expectations and what people think they're going to get out of working out with you versus what you deliver when you provide workouts for people. But when we talk about this, a lot of times people are going to give, you know, cost is something. It costs time. It costs money. But people want outcomes. Well, what do they want? And in our minds, or especially in young trainers' minds, they want muscle. They want to lose body fat. But as the population ages, you start looking at, well, what about my blood lipid profile? What about my HbA1c and my longevity? How can you add value? Or how can you lower the cost? Now, if you work for a corporate gym, you cannot lower the cost because they tell you this is how much it costs. This is a single session, a five-pack, a 10-pack, a 24-pack, whatever it is that they're selling, that is your responsibility to sell it for that much. So you can't change the price, but you can change the value. You can change the value. What do you bring to the table that allows them to see that value? Well, a lot of trainers, when they train, they might just say, hey, this is the time for money. Um equation. You pay this, I train you for this. But you might be that trainer that's like, hey, that's a lot of money. And and I appreciate what you're putting into it. And for that, I am going to set this up and you are going to be in my calendar. I'm going to invite you to all of my workouts so that you are that you have it in your calendar. If anything changes, you go through the calendar or you text me. I'm going to text you at least once or twice a week to check on you. And after our workouts, I'm going to send you a copy of the workouts if you want to do it on your own. Well, none of that really costs that much additional time. It doesn't really cost any more time. You're already putting the workouts down on paper. You can deliver that to them so that they can do it on their own. You already got it there. All you do copy and paste, right? Uh, it doesn't do anything. You're already putting it in your calendar. Now all you do is add an invite to somebody so that their name appears on it. And you are always on the same page and you don't have to figure out whose fault is it, who didn't do it. I thought it was in the calendar for this time. It's in the calendar the same for both of you. Text messages, stay in a bit, creating value. Creating value. Uh, often tell people that my price as a trainer and I let them know that my price, because my prices can be pretty expensive. Um, that that may not meet their financial needs. And if it doesn't meet them where they are, then I'm happy to have a conversation to discuss options, which could include lowering my rate. I can lower my rate, especially if you're flexible with your time. 
then you can fit into my schedule places where I can't get other people to fit in. If you can do that, then I will adjust my rate a little bit to make sure that I can get you in. You got to work around my schedule, but I'm going to do the best I can to get you in. Uh, I had a friend that said, uh, I charge what I charge for some people so I can charge what I charge for other people. And what he meant by that is I can charge expensive, you know, high rates for some people, which allows me to be okay when I charge not so much to other people. So can you adjust your rate? Maybe not if you're working for a corporate gym, but if you're an independent trainer, certainly you can. But I also like thinking about things like providing other options, like providing shorter sessions. I know that an hour might be a lot and it's a lot of money. So can you do a 30 minute session? I'm going to come in and we'll get 30 minute sessions. I just started doing a balance training workout with somebody virtually and she had seen and attended one of my balance workshops. And that's what we do two times a week for 30 minutes. She wants to do balance training. Let's do balance training. Let's do it. Let's get you in for 30 minutes. And we're just going to focus on what it is that you want to get out of it. So a 30 minute session twice a week made a lot more sense for me well, it made a lot more sense for her, in my opinion, than doing an hour of balance as just do twice a week and I can fit her into my schedule better. Speaking of virtual sessions, uh, that session with her is a virtual session. So if you can be around my schedule and I can charge you a different rate if I want. Now, most of my virtuals, I don't charge a different rate, but if I'm virtual and I'm at home and I don't have to go into the gym and it makes my life easier and I can get you in and I can save you some money, then I might do that too. So there's another option. Another option is where you find a couple of people that are on the same level, have similar goals and outcomes and places and their journey, and then see if you can get them to train at the same time. And then you are now doing a partner session or a small group training session. I've got people in New York, I know, they do uh, $75 per person in a small group training session. And they've got four to six people and they are making money. My gosh, why am I not doing that? I'm a sucker. Hmm. I think it's a good idea. It's a great option if you can do that. If that's obviously that's too much. I'm in New York City and they train. Um, I think it's it's just different where you are. So that might look different for you. But what if you did that for $30 a session, $25 a session, $50 a session, meet where you're 15, pay what you can. It doesn't matter. Find a way that you can get people in. I also love the pay what you can. This is a great one. The pay what you can where you can go out into the community and do classes. You could do it in the park or something like that, but you probably need to get um, some type of clearance or license or certificate, something like that from a city park that allows you to be there and then do a class and do a pay what you can class. And you might do really, really well. But what I love, what I L-O-V-E about that is giving to the community. Being a community presence, being there for the people, giving back, not just being like, hey, I'm doing this for me. I'm always here. I'm trying to make money. This is what we do. If we are trying to actually help people and change lives, then can we provide a service to the community at least once a week where you're giving back? I think that's valuable. It's valuable to us as business owners, and it is valuable for the people around us. 
Well, you can do things like shorten your sessions. You can do virtual sessions. You can do programming where you just write out programs and you say, hey, I want you to do this program. Uh, I'm writing you a workout for two times a week for a month. And here's your monthly program. Oh, you want three times a week? It's going to cost this much. And here's your three times a week monthly program. Here's your monthly program. Here's your quarterly program. Right now, workouts. Well, if you use a template and you just change things a little bit based off of the person you're working with and maybe some assessments, it's not going to take you that long. It's just a little plug and play and just make some adjustments and say, this is a great workout, but it is not a personal training session. It's a program. It's a program that I put together based off of the little bit of knowledge I have from you, but off the knowledge that you would like from me, this is what I put together. I do programs. I put programs together for people. You can do that. It doesn't cost nearly as much. And now instead of a single session costing X amount of dollars, maybe you charge them a single session, but all it is is a workout program where you've already got a template and you just plug and play what it is that they want, what they need, what their goals are, um, what they can or maybe can't do and what to avoid. And then you adjust the program and then you send it out to them. Well, I think in addition to time, certainly there's cost. Uh, sorry, in, in addition to cost, there's certainly time. And time is a big issue for a lot of people. But let me do this because I, I follow some financial people on social media. And this is one of those things that I've heard since I was young. And of course, I didn't do it either. But I hear people talk about IRAs or investing in mutual funds and maxing out your annual contribution. And the annual contribution to an IRA is uh, tax-free, is going to be $6,500 a year. And if you do that from birth, so let's say you're setting up your children, you do it from birth until they're 18 years old, $6,500 a year. Over the course of 18 years, that's $117,000 that you've put into their account. Now, I'm not saying everybody can do this. That's not the point. My point is, listen to the story. All right, so... At an average growth of 8%, you started putting money in $6,500 a year and you did it for 18 years and then you stopped contributing, but you have compounded interest at 8%, which is the average 8.3% in, in the, the mutual funds and IRAs. By the time they're 59 years old, they'd have $6.1 million in that IRA. $6.1 million? Oh my goodness, they only put in 117K. That to me is mind boggling. And a lot of times people go, well, it's too late. I didn't start that when I was one. I didn't start that when, when I didn't have a parent that did that for me. I didn't have that. I heard about it, but I couldn't afford to start doing it. And sometimes you have to say, well, what we do in fitness, we can't afford to not do it. Because the same goes for exercise. It's okay if you didn't start early, but you can start now. And if you start now, you can start making a difference now, in this moment, right now. Or I don't want to put in the time now. I don't want to put it in. I don't I don't feel like working out. I don't, I don't want to work out. I don't want to, I don't have the time. But this is one of those moments, just like putting in money into that IRA. Later, you'll wish you had. Start now, but start comfortably. Same way with putting that money away. Put the exercise in there, but start comfortably. You can't put in $6,500. You can't burn 6,500 calories a week. Don't. 
put in a hundred bucks. You put in a few minutes. You build and you get more comfortable building. And as you get more comfortable building, you continue to do it. Start now. Start now. You can complain about time. But I, I query this to many people. And I say, if I could give you three more hours in a day, I'll give you four more. I say, hey, I, got, I, I found a trick to the world and the planet. And we're going to give four more hours daily to everybody on the planet. We're going we're gonna to slow down the revolution of the earth, the rotation of the earth. How many of you would start working out then? That may not be a time issue then, right? It might not be time. Well, then it's time to have an important conversation with what it might really be. One might be, people say, I don't want to get hurt. That might be one of the most valid, one of the most valid things that you could say. I don't want to get hurt. I'm going to say this, working with a trainer should be like a relationship. You want to be with a trainer that can get the job done, but not at the expense of safety or comfort, right? You want some excitement. You want some novelty, but you need to have consistency. You need honesty. You need somebody that is truly concerned about you and your well-being and, in this instance, your client's best interests. I was told by a physical therapist one time that he would never recommend a personal trainer to patients. And I, I had to find out why. Why is this? I know because he was a personal trainer. So I said, why? And it was because of so many of the patients through the years had been hurt at the gym that he had seen. Well, I'm going to say that that could be a couple of reasons. One, um, you were a personal trainer and a lot of trainers knew you and they would send their clients to you. So that's one. You just you worked in a place where you got good lead generators from personal trainers. So that's that's a skewed situation. But I'd also like to say that that your patients should be far more likely to hurt themselves than they would ever get hurt with a qualified personal trainer. You're a lot likely, more likely to get hurt on your own than being hurt with a personal trainer. Now, there's always a risk when there's physical activity that's being done, but it doesn't outweigh the risk of doing nothing. Find a professional. Find somebody that's been doing it for a long time. Because I tell you what, when when you're young at this, it is much harder to gauge what people can or can't do as you become more and more seasoned. You don't necessarily become more and more careful as you become more and more knowledgeable and understanding and therefore know when and how to take care of your clients. They might say things like this, I don't want to be sore. I hate being sore. I worked with a trainer one time. I was so sore. I was so sore. Well, don't get them sore. This is a, being sore is not a good indicator of a good workout anyway. So don't get them sore. Do you know you can get somebody sweaty without getting them sore? Um, they might be sore initially. And I would say that if they are, like go for minimum soreness, but let them know that that soreness that they feel, one of the most important things that they need to do in order to not be sore is to do it again. Now, don't put them in extreme soreness, but if they're a little bit tender, say, I'd like to do almost the exact same workout. We'll create a little bit of variety. 
But let's see what it feels like the next time. Because I guarantee you it will not feel the same. You will not feel the way that you did before. Um, unless you're just like overloading. I'm talking about like a brand new client who was sore from doing the overhead squat assessment because they just don't do repeats of anything. Like that's That can do damage to the muscles uh, just by doing something that simple. But that's what I'm talking about. Like experience, understanding where people are, where they come came from. And I would much rather somebody say to me, hey, I didn't feel like you really pushed me a lot last time. And I think we can go a little bit harder than tell me, hey, I was so sore, I am not coming back. And I would like a refund on my sessions. I, 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 I Given the choice of those two, I let them tell me that I can push them harder and get that feedback from, ask that feedback from them as well. And then you get the most honest people of all. The most honest people because sometimes everything that we talked about is just a lie. You ain't got to lie, Craig. It's just a lie. What do you mean it's a lie? Um, this goes back to something I studied in school called attribution theory. And attribution theory says that we attribute things to things outside of ourselves in order to protect ourselves. So uh, protect myself by telling you it's time, but it's not really time or telling you it's money and it may not really be money. Uh, what might it really if soreness? I don't want to be sore. It may not really be it. What might it really be? It may the fact that I just don't want to, <laughs> like sometimes people just don't like it. They just don't want to. I'm going to say in some cases it is due to maybe, a, a, a societal or cultural or an individual's uh, desire or addiction to comfort and desire. Everybody wants desires comfort, but some people are addicted to comfort to the point that they have this wild aversion to ever even being uncomfortable. Y'all, sometimes you got to have uncomfortable conversations and the ones who don't have the uncomfortable conversations are not the most comfortable. Sometimes not when you need to have those conversations. Sometimes the ones that when it comes to the body, um, listen, I love being comfortable too. And, and I very much think that you should meet people where they are. And if they are, they just don't like it, find, of course, find any and everything that they like. And if what they like sometimes is doing a set and chatting for a few minutes and just letting them get some stuff off their chest, then sometimes that's what you're going to do. Now, some trainers are not going to be that kind of trainer. My biggest concern are the trainers who are only that kind of trainer, where I see them do a set with exercise of people, and then they don't do another set, and they just chat. And then I was like, this is just, they're paying to, to hang out. And then, now, meeting people where they are, but also having a plan of where to go, that's totally different. So can you meet them where they're at? And can you show them care? And can you provide comfort in an uncomfortable situation? Allow them to feel that you will make it worth their time. It's going to be worth their money, that experience that they will have with you. And even the discomfort will be of value. It'll be worth their time. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. I love this podcast. It's called um, The Hidden Brain Podcast with Shankar Verdantam. And um, he had a guest on there, the author of Dopamine Nation, called Dr. Anda, Anna Limbke. Limbke. And she says that the pleasure and pain register in the same area of the brain, and they're very closely linked. 
I think that's true. I think pleasure and pain are very closely linked. And she'll talk about this in terms of addiction, but I think it's very fair and valid to say when in addiction, you create comfort, 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 and by not having that comfort comes extreme pain and discomfort. Uh, and that's that's what addiction can be. But when when you look at it also, there are times where you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and then comfort ensues once the discomfort ceases. And I was like, my goodness, that is what workout is. That's what exercise is. You hit the nail on the head. And why? There's some biological connection to that. Whether it's a fight or chasing something down or finding something running for your life, there's an exceptional amount of comfort when that's over, right? So an exercise still creates something like that. It still creates a runner's high and a fighter's high, and it still exists. All of these things still exist in our anatomy, within our physiology, in our in our humanness. And that way, if you want to create more comfort, and instead of just finding yourself in a comfortable situation where the only discomfort you have is when you leave the comfortable situation. I like this concept and idea of putting somebody in an uncomfortable situation and then receiving comfort after. That's, that's exercise. And that's why all these exercise people seem to be like lunatics because they clearly, you watch any of these people working out and they don't look like they're comfortable. And they, so I'm talking about the crazies out there, right? The crazies, like probably y'all, probably y'all over here listening to this. And you're so uncomfortable and some reason you love it. And that's because that wiring in your brain, that that is there for that. So you know, you got to build your docket of services. I do, right? So when you've, you want to try to find a way to get people in, meet them where they're at and connect with them. So find ways to make it easier to use your services, right? My training can be expensive, but I offer programming and mentorship and consulting for trainers and wellness coaching. I do virtual sessions. I do online. I do delivery of virtual, virtual delivery of content to people. Why not? What you 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 do that too? Do it. Build your docket of services. Break down the most of the objections that come across you by finding other ways to create value. And that's what I hope for you. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. Contact me if you got questions for me. Hit me up. You can do so uh, at rick.richie at nasm.org, or you can hit me up on Instagram or Threads at dr.rickritchie. Y'all keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.